Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Amen and amen. I talked about 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, we all know the scripture, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What does that really mean? Because when we start talking about the image of God, uh, when he said, let us make man in, in our image after our likeness, the word image in the Latin is imago Dei. It means that we get to operate just like God, not that we are God, but we have some of the attributes of God. We can speak things. We, we can pray. We can believe and we can have faith. We are not little gods. We, we, are, we are mortal men, but we get to operate in the image of God because that's what he created. Now, because sin entered the world, we couldn't go back to God in a sinful state. That's why Apostle Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. In other words, he has to be reborn. There's something has to be has to happen inside of him. There is a new creation going on inside of him so that that man will know that you operate in the image of God. You had to be born again. He couldn't recreate you without you being reborn. That's why when Nicodemus, he was walking with Nicodemus, he was trying to tell him about a spiritual reality, but Nicodemus was all in the flesh. And he said, how can I be reborn? How can I go back to my mother's womb and be born again? But Jesus was not talking about in the physical realm. He was talking about in the spiritual realm. He said, unless you are born again, you can't inherit the kingdom of God. What does that mean? That means that you got to allow the Spirit of God to recreate who you were meant to be from the beginning. You have to be born again. So when the power of God changed us on the inside, that should have changed our actions on the outside. So when people don't change their actions on the outside, there has not been a real change on the inside. So in other words, we must live our lives from the inside out, not from the outside in. We can't allow outside stimuli to change who we are on the inside. Culture will change, but we should never change who we are on the inside just because culture changes. Somebody say amen. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on. So let's go right into this thing. Because now we got to talk about how to make this nation great. And I ain't talking about no Donald Trump. Because, see, I'm talking about the Bible. I ain't knocking Donald Trump either. I don't like either one. So you know where I stand. Because I'm looking at things from a biblical ramification. I'm not looking at it from a political one. This decision is going to change generations to come. So I'm way above politics. I'm all up in this. And that's how you got to vote. Four attributes to building a great nation. Can you go to the book of Deuteronomy with me? Let's read a couple of scriptures here. So let's talk about what does the Bible say or says about building a great nation. Do you want to know? You want to know? You sure? All right, let's go. Y'all ready to go into this thing a little bit? Let's go on a little journey here. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. And listen, let me just do a plug here for Bible class. Boy, Wednesday was amazing. I ain't lying, man. We're getting more and more people at Bible class. It's, it's getting 
you know, I, I would love our Bible class to be as big as it is here. Wednesday night, this whole side was almost full. Man, I'm excited about that because anybody that knows me very carefully or knows me well, you know I love Bible class. I love Bible class more than I love preaching. I need you to let him preach on Sundays, and I do Bible class. What? What? You don't, you don't want to do that? You help me out? Oh, okay. All right. I love Bible class. Come out on Wednesday nights, man. It has been amazing. We got into the Word of God so deep Wednesday night. It was, ooh, good God. I, I was trying to let people go. They kept asking me questions. So I love it. I love it. I love it. Bible class is amazing. You don't have to be a member of the church to be at Bible class. It's all, it's all about equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And come so you can be equipped and you can, you can learn and grow from one another because we glean from one another. Amen? So Deuteronomy chapter 8, I'm going to start reading verses uh, 1 to 5. i got to read a lot of scripture to you today. I hope you will be patient with me. Uh, and since this is church, I might as well read the Bible. <laughs> verse 8, I mean uh, chapter 8, verse 1. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply. See, when you obey the Lord, God says you may live and multiply. See, obedience to God doesn't mean you just have life. You have life more abundantly. Jesus said over in John chapter 10, he said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You know, it's, it's really sad that Christians just stick with having life. Uh, okay, let me see if I can explain myself. It's, it's really interesting that some Christians are okay with just part of Jesus. Okay, let me see if I can go a little bit deeper. Can I go a little bit deeper? See, see, he's, he's Yeshua, but he's also Hamashiach. And see, you can make Jesus, you know, your Savior, but the problem with a lot of people, they don't want to make Jesus their Hamashiach. They don't want to make Jesus their Lord, because for Jesus to be your Lord, that means you have to go under him. Yeah, I want the salvation part of Jesus. That's the one that he loves me. He died on a cross. But when I got to go under him, that means Jesus wants to legislate my lifestyle. I want, I want him as Yeshua, but that Hamashiach, I don't know. I want that part of the Messiah. Oh, Y'all ain't going to talk to me this morning, okay? All right, it ain't going to get no better. It's going to get deeper. The better amens I get, the more I move on. But if you don't give me no amen, then I'm going to dig. So let me go ahead and dig a little bit, a little bit more. Verse 2. Uh, and then he says, go into the land, possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. Somebody say possess it. Possess. Say possess it. Possess. So notice God says that if you obey me, you shall live and multiply and you go in. God says, I ain't going in. And a lot of times, Christians are waiting for God to do something, and God is saying, I'm waiting on you. God, I'm just, God, I'm just, I'm just waiting on you to do it. And God is saying, no, I'm waiting on you. God, I want to live, and I want to multiply. God says, go in and get your stuff. But God, I'm waiting for you to go get it and bring it to me. Okay, let me keep on reading. Y'all looking at me kind of funny. Verse 2, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all this way these 40 years in the wilderness to do some stuff. And this is what we're going to talk about today. He led them in the wilderness because he wanted to make them a great nation. So let's talk about this, and then I'm going to have to go back into history, and then I'm going to have to bring you back 
to where we are today. Are we good? So in theology, we're going to do some exegesis, meaning I'm going to talk about the historical content of what was going on, and then another great word. It's called hermeneutics. Then I'm going to take what we're talking about today, and I'm going to help you apply it to your life today. Big words mean nothing. In other words, I'm going to show you how to use this scripture in your life today. Basically, that's what that means. Hello. All right. Y'all ready to go? All right. He put them. He brought them. He brought them. Listen, somebody say he brought them. He led them into the wilderness. They didn't just go into the wilderness. This is a leading into the wilderness. Just like Jesus was led by the Holy Ghost into the wilderness. Some things you did on the decisions that you made took you to the wilderness. And it's going to take the Holy Spirit to get you out of it. This is completely different than you making decisions that took you to the wilderness and stop blaming the devil for your bad choices. If you made a bad choice, repent of it and move on. The devil can't make you do nothing that you didn't want to do in the first place. He makes a good scapegoat. Well, you know, the devil, the devil, the devil. I, I, I just get so mad at Christians. Always talking about the devil. Wait a minute. Why don't you just talk about God? Yeah. Turn the light on, then the devil won't mess with you. Turn the light on. Because every time I read in the Bible, maybe your Bible might be written a little bit differently, but my Bible, my Bible, says, my Bible says something real interesting. My Bible, my Bible says this. My Bible says that when the light came in, the darkness left. Okay, let me see if I, okay, I, thank you, Lord. Let me give you a natural example of a spiritual reality. Um, how many of you have addicts? Addicts. Addicts in your house. In your house, addict. You're not an addict. You have an addict. <laughs> Jeez, y'all looking at me like, did he say I'm an addict? Did the pastor call me an addict? <laughs> y'all so serious this morning. Come on, lighten up, lighten up, lighten up. Now, no, you have an addict, right? You got stairs, you go up to an addict, it's dark, it's, it's, it's okay. Addict. You're not an addict. You have an addict. An addict. An addict. You're not an addict, but you have an addict. Got it? So now you go an addict, right? And if you don't have any windows where light comes in, it's pretty dark. And so you have to flip a light on. So let's just say you, 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 you're walking around and you stumble over something and you pick some stuff up and you don't even know what you picked up, right? So you, you, you stumble over to a window, and you flip the blind, and light comes in. So when that light comes in, what you see in the air is what? Dust. The dust was already there. It was only revealed when you let the light in. Some people like groping in the darkness. Because when you turn the light on, the light reveals your dust. That's why some people don't like coming to church. It's not that the church is judgmental. It's that the church turned the light on. And when the light is on and you come into a church that's preaching the gospel, it begins to show you your dust. And because you will be willing to grope in the darkness because you want to live any kind of way you want to live, you don't want anybody talking about your lifestyle, then you would rather be in the dark than to walk in the light. 
the dust, saints, was already there. All the light did was reveal what you're already walking in. It would be, you turn the light on, oh, Jesus, turn the light back off. That's what some people do. Ooh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't work in this place. It's just so much darkness. Then what is your problem? Aren't you a Christian? The problem with the place is you hadn't turned your light on. If you wait on me to start hooping, it ain't going to happen. This is it. This is the best. This is the best. That's all I got. He said, I brought you here for a reason. Look at this, guys. To humble you, to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you will keep his commandments or not. Verse 3, and it's the last verse. He humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna. Somebody say manna. Which you did not even know, nor your fathers know, that he might make you know that man should not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Isn't this amazing? See, our nation is almost as if our nation is in a wilderness right now. The wilderness that our nation is operating in is a wilderness of sin, deception, racism, hatred, bigotry, and in reverence to God. We are in a wilderness. And we are going the wrong direction. Now, I don't care who's in the White House currently. I'm teaching you facts. Don't really care how you like the person in the White House right now. I'm teaching you facts. This nation is going in the wrong direction. If you are a Christian, you must know this. <laughs> this is, it's not like it's being hidden. It's right in your face. And they don't want us just to accept it. They want us to celebrate it. So we left the plantation only to come to a new White House and another massa. It's called our government. Somebody said, I'm not a slave. I'm not going to be enslaved by this government. Government ain't going to tell me what I can preach and when I can preach. I'm going to preach exactly what God wants me to preach. You're not going to come in this church and tell us what we need to be doing. We have to stand our ground. And if they want to lock me up, you're going to have to lock me up. And while I'm in prison, I'm going to start writing like Apostle Paul so that I can encourage those that are out here still living free to take a stand. If you don't think that that's going to happen, you just keep living long enough. And if the church continues to be complicit to sin and allowing everything in the house, the church is going to continue to lose the power and we won't be able to turn the light on. Amen? Are you with me here? So let's, let's get these attributes and then I'm going let to you, let you go eat. All right? Y'all want the first one? Let's look at Sure. I heard somebody say, sure. The first one, humility. I know you probably thought we got to fight, but you got to be humble. See, one of the things that's so different that Martin Luther King taught us is the man was humble. 
What he did, he did it in a very humble way, but he did it in a very wise way. See, he did it according to the Bible when Jesus said we must be humble as and wise as. And, and one of the things that's, that's so instrumental that we need to see is that Martin Luther King was a prophet. He was not just some political figure. He was a man of God. So he understood how to raise up a great nation. And he did it through humility. And we as black people, we operate in freedoms today because of his life. One man changed the generation. Somebody say one. Do you realize you can change a generation? Listen, everybody in this room has an opportunity to change this generation. You are one degree away from change. 211 degrees, boils, it, it, the water sits there. But at 212, that water changes its state. One degree. One degree of change can change your whole life. So a lot of people say, oh, if I can just make this big change, or if I can make that big change, God is saying one degree. You can make one degree of change. You can say, I'm not going to read a whole chapter. I'm going to just read two verses. One degree of change can change your life. You can say, well, every morning I'm going to start out worshiping God. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to turn the television off, and I'm just going to worship God. One degree of change can change your life forever. One degree of change. One degree of change means you can read something about money and investments and stuff that's going on in your life and your family, and you can make one degree of change in your family that might change the finances of your family for the rest of your life. One degree. Somebody say one degree. So it's not like God is looking for a huge change. All you need is. He didn't use 11. He used 12. One degree. When one, when one killed himself, God said, I need one more. Because I can't do what I want to do unless I got that one. What if God is saying right now, you're that one degree and I need you to be in place. But because you're not humble enough, he can't give it to you. All right, let's go into this a little bit. James, chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. I think I have it. I do, praise the Lord. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil. Now, my bride was preaching on this uh, on Father's Day. This, per, this part, submitting to God, comes before resisting the devil. See, God, let me tell you something, guys. A lot of people are trying to resist the devil without submitting to God first. It don't work like that. You can resist and you can rebuke and, and you can plead the blood and, and you can talk in tongues for three hours and 45 minutes and, and you can give your consecrated offering of $45.25. You can do all of that stuff and you still won't get what God has for you because you haven't surrendered your whole being to God. He said, submit to God, be humble, submit to him, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Humble yourselves in the sight of God, and he will lift you up. Look at 1 Peter 5 and 6. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Somebody say in due time. See, some of y'all are not ready yet. And you want God to build you up now. You ain't ready. Now, some of us had to go back to requalify. 
Why? Because we had somebody that might have took advantage of us. We are in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, for whatever reason, something happened. And sometimes you have to go back to that point to where God called you. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to change you from the inside out again so he can give you some wisdom and he can give you some direction so that you know when I make the next decision, that's going to propel me to my destiny. Because your destiny is not going to happen in spite of you. Your destiny is going to happen because of you. Stop waiting on man when God has already opened the door for you. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord up in this place. You're waiting on man to open the door for you. You're waiting on man to put you in the pool. You're waiting on man to give you some money. What you waiting on man for? God said, I've already given you a door. Walk in it. Step out in faith first, and I'll show you what man can do. Hello, somebody. Are you still here with me? Check this out. The last part. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Now, notice, notice, okay? Let me, can I break something down real quick here for you? Somebody say yes, sir. All right, let me break something down. This part right here, casting your cares upon him, is not going to happen until you're here. So when you walk around worried about stuff, complaining about stuff, you walking around and, 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 and offended about people and stuff, then that just means you haven't trusted him. Because if you trust him, he's going to take care of you if you cast your cares on him. Well, Pastor, how do we do that? You give it to him and forget about it. That's how you do it. If you keep bringing it up, you ain't, you ain't done with it. If you keep, well, you know, I, I'm over it, but no, you ain't over it yet. Because if you were over it, you talk, you'll stop talking about it. How do you change your conversation? You change your word. If you stay in here, this will show you this. The word will show you your heart. And a lot of times, the word will show you your error. Okay, let me make this personal. So when I wanted to talk to God about somebody else, huh? Why y'all laugh? Y'all did it too. Y'all did the same thing. <laughs> I'm not by myself. Thank God for some company. So, so listen, I don't know. Listen, I, I would go to the Bible because I wanted to lay a scripture on somebody. I'm going to wear them out. I'm going to wear them out, God. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? God, if you show me this scripture, I'm going to show this scripture. I'm going to lay it on. Bam! The Bible says. I was going to wear them out. I was going to wear them out. And so I, I would read the Bible. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? I would read the word. I'm like, boy, I know there's a scripture in here. I'm going to lay on them. I'm going to lay on them. I know there's a scripture in here. And God would just begin to pour into my heart. And I would go, no, nah, Lord, that's not what I want to do. I want to, I want to, I want to. I know, I know I struggle with that. I want to go, I want to, I got to, there's a scripture in here, God. I know you're going to show me something to lay them out. He'll show me something else. I know, wait a minute. I don't want to, I don't want to read. I know I'm dealing with that, but I don't, I don't want to deal with that right now. So, so I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I'm not really looking. <laughs> I'm looking away. He's trying to show me what I should be looking at, but I'm looking away, right? Because he's showing me my way. And see, when you go to Yahweh, he shows you your way. And see, so I went to Yahweh, and Yahweh started showing me my way. And I'm like, no, that's not the way, God. I know that ain't the way. I, 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 okay, I got, okay, all right, all right, God, this is show me. I know I got to repent. 
See, I had to get here first so he can show me this. And when the light came on, I saw the dust. And when I saw the dust, you got one of two choices to make. You can allow the light to clean the dust up, which means repentance, or you can continue to walk in sin. Those are clear choices, right? If you're not where you feel like God wants you to be, then change your choices. You are where you are today based on decisions and choices you made yesterday. So if you want to be in a different place tomorrow, make sure that today you make choices to get you to your destiny tomorrow. Because I'm trying to get you back on track. Amen? Humble, humility. we got to be humble as a nation, guys. We've got to be humble. I know sometimes some of the stuff that we see uh, in social media and on the television, it, it, it makes you angry. I know it does. I know it makes you angry, and, but, but listen, guys, we, we are not supposed to allow what's happening in the world determine how we act or react. That's why we have to stay humble and stay in the word of God. And if we stay humble and stay in the word of God, God said he'll raise us up. See, this is why I'm not concerned too much about what's going on today, because God is going to raise up his church. He's going to raise us up, I'm telling you. And when he raises us up, he's going to raise us up with miracles, signs, and wonder. It's going to be so amazing. Listen to me. This, this is what I've already seen in my spirit. This is what's going to happen. It's going to be so amazing that it's not going to just be one church. You know, revival usually is in one church over here, one church over there. No, it's going to be multiplicity of churches. Revival is just going to be in the people. They're going to be in the church. Amen. See, that's not, see, people are waiting for a revival to be in one place. Uh-uh, revival is going to be in the people. You act like you don't want it. So, so, so what if you are a walking revival? So, so you think that Peter's shadow healing people was just for Peter? Oh, no, that's how I'm believing. Like, God, I'm going to just walk around. I'm going to just walk by somebody. They're going to be healed. Boom. I'm going to just brush up against them, instantly healed. If, you're not, if you don't have that kind of expectation, it ain't going to happen. And see, this has nothing to do with John Lofton. Because when you are an apostle, let me just, can I clean something up real quick? As an apostle, that doesn't mean you put apostle on your cards and, and then all of a sudden people are supposed to be inviting you to their churches. <laughs> see, the apostolic call means that you equip people. You raise people up. That's what the apostle means. It's the apostolic. It means the one sent. That's what an apostle is. I'm an ordained apostle. I like raising people up. I want people to go out and do great things. Listen, I don't have to be in this pulpit every Sunday. I would rather not be because I can't raise nobody up if I never give up this pulpit. Why? Well, I got other things to do. I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to teach you so you can be in this pulpit so you can bless people. It's going to grow because everybody's going up together. Right? Right. So the Bible says that Jesus, the government, is going to be on his shoulders, not mine. <laughs> so all I'm doing is riding on his shoulders, and you riding with me, right? I don't want this church on my shoulders at a fall. Oh, that's too happy for me to hold up. But if we're riding on Jesus' shoulders, 
Mm-mm. And we're raising everybody up together. Come on, somebody. You're using your gifts and your talents and your resources so that can get the church to the next level. Some of you are sitting right here. You're sitting on your gifts. And the only reason you're not being used is you're scared. And let me tell you why you're scared. You're scared because you've been hurt. And see, now, you got a choice to make. You can continue to live in fear, or you can get out of your hurt situation and start being used again. Now, you got a choice to make. Now, we came out of a hurt situation from a church, and we had to be clean. We had to be purified so we can be a hospital to the hurting. And we know what it feels like to be hurt. Therefore, we don't want to hurt you. Now, sometimes some things that people say, some things that people do, people get hurt. We are human beings. Hello, somebody. But we don't intentionally try to hurt anybody in this house. And if I do, I'll be the first one to get on my hands and knees and repent and ask you to forgive me because I am a man and I will make mistakes. Now, listen, if you want the flexibility to make mistakes, then you have to give me that same flexibility. I'm not Superman. I'm Clark Kent with glasses. I make mistakes, saints, but I need people who love me for real to tell me, Pastor, I don't know about that, what you just did. But see, when you come to me, just come to me humble. I'll receive it. I will. If I'm wrong, I'll beg you to forgive me if I'm wrong. I don't mind being wrong, but what I do mind is doing wrong and nobody tell me. That means you don't really love me. If you allow me to keep doing wrong and you don't point it out in my life, you don't love me. But if you come to any man or woman of God and you come humble, if they are really, truly men and women of God, I got to say that part. Because just because they act holy don't mean that they are. I'll be the first one to say I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I don't, I don't have it in my heart to want to hurt people. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like for a pastor to look you in your face like you're nothing but a dead dog. When you're trying to do something good for God, I know what it feels like to serve somebody year after year that don't even believe in you. Don't you tell me I don't know how it feels. I know what it feels like. That's why I want to build you up. I want you to do great things for God. I'll be your best cheerleader. Listen, I don't care if your platform is bigger than mine. I can care less. I want you to have a bigger platform than mine. That's why it's called the apostolic. See, the apostle is the father. What father don't want his children to do better than himself? Not one. That's why it's important to be under a pastor that applauds your gifts. That's not in, I'm not intimidated by nobody's gift up in this house because can't nobody do what I do. You can't do what I do, and I can't do what you do. But if you do what you do and I do what I do, ooh, but we got some doing to do. <laughs> I know that probably wasn't proper English. Huh? <laughs> uh, I don't even know how that sounded, actually. <laughs> but it makes sense, right? Amen. Amen. Because I want to applaud you. Right? Why? I'm humble. 
to know I don't know everything. But I do know if I'm not that, I can't get this church to the next level. Amen? All right, so let's look at something else here. Let me just give you some more stuff here. Pride makes us self-centered and creates greedy appetites for far more than what we need, than what we deserve. That's what pride does. Pride will tell you you need that even though you don't. Pride will tell you, oh, they, they just don't respect you. Who said you needed to be respected by them? See, that's what pride will do. It'll create a greedy appetite. Pride. Pride, 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 pride. Can I give you another? Let me give you some more here since we're talking about some pride. Let me give you another one. The world's seductive attractions are only cheap substitutes for what God has in store for you. See, pride will keep you away from God's best because you settle for the devil's worst. Pride. Pride will say, yeah, I can do it in my own strength. And God has said, no, you can't. Pride will say, oh, shoot, oh, they, 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 I, they, they got to respect me. Well, who said that they do if you don't deserve it? <laughs> Am I helping somebody in here? All right. That's what pride will do, saints of God. Pride, pride, pride will, pride will make a white person think they're better than black people. Pride will make black people think they're better than white people. When we're n all of us are nothing but dead dogs without Christ. And when you're in Christ, you lose your color. Because it's going to be a travesty for racists thinking they're going to get into heaven. You ain't making it. You ain't going to make it. Because it ain't no all black heaven. It ain't like all Koreans going to be over here in this part of heaven. All black people going to be, and then all the Hispanics over here. Then you got all the white people over here in heaven. And we all praising one God separately. So why do we do it on Sunday mornings? See, that's why I like that we got other ethnicities in this house. I ain't, I ain't, I, I, God never told me to start a church to just teach black people. He told me to teach his people, whatever your color is, wherever you came from, he told me to teach you. So I can't be up here as a racist. That's why you ain't going to get me in no black conversations about white people. You ain't going to do it. I will rebuke you. Why? Because my, look around, my church ain't all black. So why would I be at home using language that's racist right. when I'm in the pulpit trying to say I'm a reconciler? Exactly. Something is wrong with my heart. Yeah. Don't you be around the kitchen table talking about them white people or them black people or them, them Jamaicans and them Trinidadians. <laughs> well, you can talk about them Trinidadians, but... <laughs> I only say it because I love y'all. I know y'all can take it. <laughs> Praise God. Right? Is this making sense at all? What kind of language are you speaking privately is going to determine how powerful you're going to be publicly? Can I say that one more time? What kind of language you speak privately will determine how powerful you're going to be publicly. And you can't be powerful publicly if you're not grounded in privately. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on right now. I know I am. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. I ain't lying. I got to listen to the podcast myself. Okay, so this is word, Proverbs 16, 18, because we're talking about humility, right? Okay, we're talking about humility. 
Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before fall. It is better to live humbly with the poor than to share plunder with the proud. Listen, listen, listen to this. You know what this says, guys? Let me kind of break this down a little bit for you. Pride goes before destruction. So in other words, pride will make you think that you're going down the right path. But you be, okay, let me, can I give you another scripture to, to, that really speaks to this? It says, there is a way that seems right unto a man. Right? Doesn't that go right along with this? There, the, pride, pride. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. Right. See, what pride will do will make you think that what you're doing is right, i.e., let me, let me break this thing down. See, when God created man, he knew what he was creating. God is not schizophrenic. God knows whatever he says, he does. He's never spoke one thing into existence that didn't come to pass. He said he's male and he's female. He created them like that. Why? So that they can procreate. A man is a man. A woman is a woman. Now, when you try to recreate what God created, it's pride to say, I can do what I want to do because I own my body. You didn't create yourself. You didn't just say, mm, I think I'll be born. <laughs> I don't like, I think I want them to be my parents. And by the way, I think I want to be black. You didn't make those decisions. As a matter of fact, those decisions were already made. So now you got to ask yourself, well, what's the source of those decisions? Well, the source is the same one who created male and female. Male, female, created he, them. Male, female. You can change all of that. You can change all of that. But if you prick that finger and you look at that blood, all that right there, don't mean a thing when that doctor looks at that blood. Because the Bible says life is in the blood. I'm telling you, and they can look real good. That's why I'm glad I'm married. I ain't lying, I'm glad I'm married. I ain't got to play those games, man. I'm married, I'm married. I got a good woman, too. I ain't lying, I got a good woman. I got a good one. I ain't lying, I ain't out there trying to hustle nobody. I ain't no, I ain't no Pentecostal pimp. I ain't, and by no, 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 no. I ain't no cheating deacon. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, love, I love this woman for real. I, 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 I feel for you singers. I ain't lying. I feel for you. Because brothers, brothers now, when they go out, you, you, you got to have a, a blood, blood thing with you. You got to say, can, come here, come here, let me check your finger. <laughs> Bro, we might need to create something. <laughs> we create a little kit, you know. And say, yeah, you, you know, girl, you bad. Come here, let me see your finger. <laughs> just put your finger right there. Let me check out something real quick. Just like a pregnancy test. You know, you run it, you do, you say, and then you say, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll be right back. And you look and you look and you're like, yes, God. Girl, what's up? <laughs> you all right with me, boo? <laughs> <laughs> or you look at it, you go, oh, shoot, let me get on up out of here. <laughs> see, you see what I'm saying here, saying so God, pride will make you think you can do whatever you want to do with your body. 
Jesus Christ died for the whole world. Your body don't belong to you. It belongs to him. You can't do whatever you want to do with your body. And married people, y'all already know this. When we're married spiritually, my body don't even belong to me. It belongs to her. And her body is mine. <laughs> that thing, that thing mine. So, shoot, trust me. Tell, ask her. She'll tell you that's mine. And so, so listen. <laughs> Y'all leave me alone. Stop. <laughs> She'll tell you that. So, so, so listen. So that means I, we, we can't just do whatever we want. I can't be. I can't. People tell me, mm, Pastor, let's, let's go to lunch. Mm-mm, we ain't going to lunch. What are we going to lunch for? No, you got to call my wife. You in this church? You don't meet with me if you're a, you a woman. You ain't meeting with me. Pastor, I, I need to come by the church to see you. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't need to come see me. You can see me with my bride. Or you see my bride. And ain't no brother going to be up in here. Oh, Pastor Lane, uh, I just need a woman's perspective. And, and I, I, I guarantee you I'm going to be in that room. Because I might have to give you a man's perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, see, I'm her protector. I'll protect her from you if I have to. You want to get on the wrong side of me? You mess with her. And I ain't trying to get spiritual either. I'm all in the flesh right now. Because, see, you need to know where I'm coming from. I ain't trying to be super spiritual. Just like this man of God, that man of God, that man of God. You mess with the woman. Oh, you, you got hell to pay. Right? I'm going to lay some hands. <laughs> Amen? But, but listen, I know, I know we kind of got off course here a little bit, but listen, but this is critical. My wife knows I got her back. No woman should ever, if you claim to be a man, can I help somebody? Okay, I've gotten off. I don't care. We'll finish later. As a man of God, let me help the man of God. Where's the man of God? Say, yeah. Yeah. Okay, listen, listen, listen. If you're single, I want to help you. And the single ladies, I want to help you. One thing about being married, that woman has to have a sense of being protected. Now, ladies, please correct me if I'm wrong. She needs to know that you got her back. With family members, with friends, with your neighbors, co-workers, they, girl, you better come on with that. You go go ahead and hook it up. (laughs) Y'all might be getting into a little hoop today. I ain't lying. And so, so, so that woman needs to know my man got my back. Right? So come here, boo. Come here. Come here, boo. Come here. So, 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 ain't she lovely? Mm, she's so cute. She's so cute. She's so cute. God knows she's cute. So, so listen, 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 listen. Oh, okay. This, this is what some, I heard somebody, must have been an atheist, <laughs> said, uh, the woman is supposed to be behind the man, pushing the man to make him great. 
Well, well, let me clean up something. I don't need my wife pushing me to do nothing that I'm not supposed to be doing anyway. Let me help some fellas out, and ladies, let me help you. If you got to push your man to church, he don't have it in him to be there. And if you feel like you got to push him to do something, <laughs> my wife said I didn't kick him. <laughs> and I'm going to add some more words to the curb. Why? That man can't get you to the next level. How am I going to get her to the next level and she's behind me? I can't get that woman to the next level. She's behind me pushing me. Now, I don't need my wife pushing me to get to the next level. What I'm doing, I'm bringing my wife with me to the next level. I represent her next level. Let me say that one more time. I represent her next level. She is greater as a woman of God because she's married to me. She's more educated. She's fine, too. Praise God. She's a better person. She's a better woman because she's married to me. Fellas, the woman is not supposed to be behind you, pushing you. And then this feminist movement talking about, well, a woman can do everything a man can do. No, you can't. You can't do everything a man can do. Even your anatomy proves you can't do what a man can do. Hello, somebody. God uniquely made us as a man to show how powerful the man is. And as the man, we're the ones that put life into the womb of a woman. Come on, somebody. Without the man, there is no procreation. So God shows the man how powerful he is because the man can bring life to a dead situation. You should not be a man of God in a church and you bring no life to it. Okay, let me go ahead and get deep on you. I know we got some young folks up in here, but y'all hear this stuff in school. There's, there's, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that, that, that Ornan was having sex with Tamar. And the Bible says when Ornan got ready to release, y'all know what I'm talking about. He pulled out of her and he spilled his seed on the ground. And God killed him for that. Why? He wasn't there for stimulation. He was there for procreation. See, I'm not here to stimulate you. I'm here to procreate. I'm here to put some seed in you so that you can grow and learn. I'm not here to spill my seed on the ground. That is not my job. My job is so that you can be pregnant when you leave this place. everything a man can do right there. This is the position of a woman. That's not the position the Bible says. This is the position. I got her back. If you come to her front or you come to her side, I'm going to tear your hind parts up. (laughs) That's an old term, ain't it? Hind parts, right? And if you try to get to her back, you got to get to me first. This is the position of the man and the woman in a relationship with each other that's pursuing God. 
the reason she's called a help meet, not a help mate, is because she helps me meet my responsibilities. And now, you wonder why the woman has more words. That's biblical, too. So one of the definitions of a helpmeet is the one who announces. And see, 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 listen, listen, where, where is the church in all of this? Is the church behind Jesus, making him great? Or is she in front of Jesus? In the relationship, we get to be Christ in the relationship. She's the church. Why? Because she announces the coming of her king. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. The church is saying, he's coming soon. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And he's coming to save the whole world. We're the ones proclaiming the king who's coming. Just like she proclaims her king. That I'm coming. She announces my coming. Based on how she act, you know, boy, if that woman of God is like that, I can't wait to see the man of God. But you know what you don't see in churches? You see the woman of God, and you go, man, I don't even want to meet the man of God. <laughs> is, is this making sense? Thank you, boo. Appreciate it. Is this making sense? Come on and give her a hand for being there. Is this making sense, guys? I don't even know how we got on all of that. But it must have, somebody needed it. So that's why I like about the Holy Ghost. I don't care what I got written in my notes. It's whatever God wants to do. I can teach on this till December. I don't care. I, y'all know Bible study. We get on one topic and we preach it for three years. Why? Because I'm open to what the Holy Ghost wants to do. Somebody obviously had to see that. Who was that for, by the way? Okay. No, no. Let me put your hands out. Let me ask a different question. How many of you knew that? Okay. Most of the people in covenant. How many did not know that? Be honest. Okay. So you telling me you knew that the position of the woman was in front of the man. This is what you're saying. How many knew that? Just a few people. How many did not know that? Somebody's lying. You're going to sit here and tell me you have seen other preachers preach it just like that. You ain't seen this. Now, not my covenant folks, because y'all seen this a lot of times. I'm talking about people that's not members of this church and never been to our conferences. You don't see it taught like that. And I'm I'm not being braggadocious. I'm just saying it's just not taught that way. Why? Because it's the right way. Not that I, God just gave it to us. We, we just teach it the right way so that we don't get it twisted in here. So when you see, uh, listen, this is why when we, when we marry people, we, we really don't like marrying folks that's not part of our church. And there's a reason for that. We, we've just expanded it because we got more and more people that heard about us and, and, and want to be, yes, Jesus. And so our schedules are jam-packed because we got people that want to go through our counseling and they want to be married by us. But one of the main reasons why I, like, I only like marrying people who can come to my church because I can see the face of the people who come. And see, see the worth of a man can be seen in the countenance of his wife's face. <laughs> if your wife's, wife's face is toe up, 
I'm coming to you to ask you why. <laughs> Something's wrong in the house. Amen? Amen. If, if, if you sitting in a church and the pastor's wife is sitting on the front, what we'll talk about? <laughs> They've been fussing. <laughs> she ain't even listening to what he's preaching. Okay, so y'all looking at me like that deer in the headlights. Like, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Have you ever seen that before? Yeah. Okay, have you seen that? You've seen that. She ain't gonna hide it. She ain't hiding nothing. Why? She married to the brother. She ain't gotta hide nothing. She's mad, vexed. Hey, first lady. Hello. <laughs> she ain't mad at you. She mad at him. See, y'all don't even wanna talk, see? Y'all just wanna be all holy. I know it. Right, okay, all right, all right, all right. Get the Lord a hand clap of praise in Jesus' name. <laughs> we only got to one. I ain't even got to the other three yet. But are you guys okay, though? Okay, so can I give you the other three? Let me just give you the other three, and we're going to talk about those, uh, not next Sunday, because I won't be here, but we'll talk about it the Sunday after that. So the next one is righteous living. This is after humility, obedience, and the word of God. Those are the four that God gave me. Okay, those are the four. And I'm going to break those other ones down. I'm not done with humility yet because there's some more things that we need to learn about humility. But, but we're going to break those other three down so that we can know what God says in his word about how we can make this nation great again. And we need to know what we're talking about. And this, this, has no, this is not a political statement. Again, this is nothing to deal with Trump. This is everything to deal with the Bible. Right? Are you with me here? So don't think I'm endorsing anybody. I ain't endorsing nobody. I, don't, I can't endorse anybody. It's illegal. I don't endorse people. I endorse God. And I approve this message. <laughs> okay. Uh, humility, righteous living, obedience, and word of God. Okay? And we're going to break those down. Amen. Is that good? Amen. Amen. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.